out against us verbally, spiritually, financially, mentally, and emotionally on tonight in Jesus' name. And now, God, I apply the blood of Jesus from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet on tonight in the name of Jesus. Now, God, saturate your atmosphere in this place on tonight with your love, God. God, because love covers a multitude of sin. So we just thank you for your love, God, that you have given us, God, through giving us your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, tonight I thank you that we have all been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. We honor you, we glorify you, and we thank you for our helper and teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. I tell you, the word just get gooder and gooder every day. Amen. When you're with the word every day, you can expect some changes in your life. We're going to, I'm going to go back over what we went over last Tuesday. I'm um, talking about Christ being the head over the church. When we recognize Jesus as being the head over the church, none of us within the church would try to take over. Amen. We don't want to be a part of a takeover ministry. We want things to be done the way that God would have them to be done. So first and foremost, we have to understand according to Ephesians 1.22 and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. This is talking about Jesus Christ. Have put all things under his feet. When something is under your feet, that means that you have um, authority over that. And he has been made head. So we look at him up here and we look at us down here. So we have to look to Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. If we cannot submit to him, we're not going to be able to submit to one another. And we're supposed to be able to submit to one another in love. Amen. Because God is love. When we know his love, we can walk together in unity. We can walk together and we can be in agreement. And the Bible said when two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst of us. And I'm telling you, it is a glorious time. When all of us are coming together, we on one accord and he's right there in the midst of us. So if he's in the midst of us, we have everything we need to do what need to be done here on earth. So we want to uh, make sure we know that Jesus is the head over the body. Colossians 1 verse 18. I'm going to read out the expanded Bible. It says, he is the head of the body, which is the church, which is Jesus. We're the church. He's the beginning meaning the source of the church, the creator of all things, the beginning, the initiator of end time resurrection. He's the first one who was raised, firstborn from the dead. So in all things, Jesus have first place. If we can remember that in all things he have first place, then we won't try to run the place. Amen. We will let him be head and we follow in that head. We follow in his way of doing things. Um, let's look at Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10, and I'm um, reading out the Amplified, and it says, And you are in him, made full, and having come to the fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't that special? We all have 
the Godhead on the inside of us. And if we know that we have them on the inside of us, there should be nothing missing, y'all, nothing broken, because we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, and he is the head of all rule and authority. He's over every angelic principality and power. So Jesus has first place over everything. Without him, nothing would have been created. So we have to look to him within the church to carry out the plan and the purpose of God. We go through the head, which is Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. And I always say this, the head is what turns that body, right? You cut off a chicken's head, that body is all over everywhere, isn't it? You see in that body do some dances in the floor. You cut Jesus out of the church, you see in flesh. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing people all over everywhere doing everything they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it because they're not looking to the head, which is Jesus Christ. So if you see a church that's messed up, that's mixed up, you know they done cut off the head. <laughs> they're not allowing that head to be home he need to be. Come on, it's the truth. It is the truth, just like a chicken. You got everybody doing their own little thing, trying to run stuff because the head has been cut off from the body. And I don't know about you, every time I uh, say that, I see that chicken body just flopping around here acting crazy. We got church folks acting crazy because Jesus ain't there. He ain't in the midst of them. I remember I was telling y'all that some churches thinking they got it so much together that when they come get the dead person, they don't know who to get. Because the church is so dead, it's not alive, it's not in Christ. So we want to make sure we do things the right way. And I gave you a scripture saying the government is upon his shoulders. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That means that Jesus would have... Um, rulership and authority over the earth meaning that the government is upon his shoulder so when you got stuff upon your shoulder you carrying a weight you carrying things upon yourself so that's why we have to look to him because he know how things should be done why because he's going on the father he's going on what the father want to happen here on the earth so he has the government upon his shoulders Isaiah 9 6 and Christ is the head over every believer, 1 Corinthians eleven three. And I'm going to add a little bit more tonight. I'm just going over what we went over um, before. And I gave you a scripture on Christ is the cornerstone, Zechariah 10.4. Zechariah 10.4. We know that cornerstone, when you're building, it holds everything else together. You pull that corner out of there, everything else is going to fall, right? So we want to make sure that Christ is the head. I tell you what, y'all, when you go into the word of God and you see the way that God wants things to be done, you can see a lot of things out of order. Man has put it in. People um, do things in the body of Christ, but that's not the way that God wants them to be done. And I want everybody to understand this. We don't run the church like the government. We don't. We do not run the church like the government. We run it, the kingdom, like the government was on his shoulders. But when we do things, we go by the kingdom way, his government, his rule, his reign, the way he does things. We don't do it the way the world does it. We're different from the world. 
We do it the way the kingdom does it. And that's what Jesus was bringing when he um, came to earth. He was bringing us kingdom. He was showing us the way of kingdom, the way that God does things, the way that God orchestrates things. He was showing us God's way, God's way of doing things. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things and all of these things shall be added unto you. The way God do things is not the way that the world does things. So when God does things with his church, the world look at us differently because it's done according to God's way, God's pattern. And that's what we want to go by in the church. So when people come in the church, it's reminding me of Solomon but Solomon was so rich and he had everything um, in alignment with the way that God would want it in alignment. And people was looking at his wisdom. They was looking at the way he was doing things. And the queen of Sheba, she come in to see how things was done. She saw his male servants, his uh, maid servants. She saw how the table was set. She saw how everybody was operating. And she was so amazed. She ended up giving him more stuff, but he had all he needed. So he ended up sending her away with um, some things as well. But she saw his wisdom. She saw the spirit of excellency sitting right there amongst Solomon. This is what the world's supposed to see when they come into the body of Christ. They're supposed to see a body that's so much in alignment with the kingdom that's not of this world. They're supposed to see his splendor. They're supposed to see his glory. They're supposed to see his excellency. They're supposed to see everything in so much order that they want to be a part of that, that they're coming to you, the world and saying what must I do about this isn't that awesome so this is why we have to make sure that we as the body of believers do everything the way God wanted done and not the way that we want it done so tonight what I want to talk about is how the church is set up and we went over this um, before but we're going to go over it again and I'm going to try not to um, use so many scriptures but we're going to see what the Holy Ghost does amen So we see that Jesus, he was down here on the earth. He was bringing the kingdom to the earth. He wanted everybody to know how God's kingdom operate. And in order to get to the kingdom of God, you had to go through Jesus Christ. You could not get to the father, not lest you go through the son, which is Jesus. He was the way, the truth, and the life. He was the only one that you could go to to get to the father. So Jesus was showing us the father. When you saw Jesus, you saw the father because Jesus did not do anything opposite of the father. So we know that when he walked the earth, what Jesus was doing, he was bringing the kingdom down here to the earth because he was saying repent he he said repent have a change of heart turn from sin turn to God for the kingdom of God is at hand the kingdom of God is near you so Jesus was letting them know I'm bringing you the kingdom being that I'm bringing you the kingdom you're going to have a change of mind you're going to have a change of heart so he was saying go ahead and repent because he knew that the kingdom of God was greater than any kingdom there was no kingdom that was greater than God's kingdom so Jesus was manifesting the kingdom you can't only talk about the kingdom people got to see the manifestation from the kingdom in order to be part of that kingdom have you ever seen somebody talk about a certain doctor or talk about a certain lawyer without you saying give me his number give me her number that's who I need to go to you're talking what I need to hear 
Is that not right? Or a restaurant. People be saying how good the food is. Well, where is that restaurant? Um, how can I um, get to that restaurant? Give me directions. Why? Because they told you something that brought on faith to receive what they had, right? So when we're talking the kingdom, when Jesus began to talk the kingdom, he began to um, um, raise up disciples, learners, followers of Jesus Christ. And what he did when he was telling them to repent, and he was saying, take up your cross, follow me. You got to leave all of this behind. Y'all, isn't that something? Jesus had the audacity to come down here on earth. And you got fishermen set up with jobs. They got houses to stay in. And he got the audacity to say, leave that and follow me. And all you see is one man. Y'all think about it. Who does that? Now, you know he had to be carrying some power and some authority just to open his mouth and tell them, I will make you fishermen of men. He said, come follow me. So they left their occupations to follow Jesus. And I believe they left it because when Jesus began to speak the word of God, I believe they felt the presence of God. I believe they felt the peace of God. See, when the word of God is spoken and you feel the peace of God, you can drop everything that you're doing right there on the spot and say, Lord, here am I. I need you, Lord. That's when you know you're hearing the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel concerning Jesus Christ, because whatever thing you're holding on to, whatever person you're holding on to, you're going to be like Zacchaeus. You're going to get up into a, a sycamore tree so you can see him, so you will be ready to invite Jesus to come into your house, because salvation have come to your house, and his name is Jesus. This is why we have to tell people about the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ we have to tell them there is another kingdom and this kingdom is not of this world and in order to be a part of this kingdom I want to tell you about Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior and I want to tell you what he done for me and you want to share that testimony that's the gospel he healed me. He delivered me. He set me free. He brought my mind back where it need to be. Now I have the mind of Christ. I don't have to think the way that I used to think because my thinking have changed since I have tapped in to the goodness of Jesus. See, when you know all of these things, why wouldn't you share them? If you knowing what God has done for you, if Teresa Waddell know what God has done for her physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, why would she just sit there in the midst of a dying world and let that world die instead of opening up her mouth and allowing the kingdom to be amongst them and say, I want to share the kingdom. I want to be able to allow you to experience the glory that's coming through me from God. Why would we not want to do that? It's according to where we are. It's according to the experiences that we had with him. When you have a good experience, you want to share it with somebody. You just cannot keep your mouth shut. You want to share him with somebody. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was sharing it with those disciples. He was teaching them. He was making them followers, learners of Jesus Christ. So Jesus had more than 12 of them. Jesus had a lot of disciples that was following him. And this is where I'm going. Jesus was getting these disciples ready for his departure because Jesus knew I'm going to have to go be back with the father. 
He said, but I don't want to leave you on this earth alone. I want you to be followers. I want you to be examples. I want you to represent everything that I did when I was here. So after Jesus taught them, and I'm going to this scripture, I'm trying to wrap it up quickly. Go with me to Acts 1. And I believe all of us are so familiar with this. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Acts 1. And this is Luke talking. And Luke was um, addressing the people. And this is what he was saying. Um, He was giving them what he experienced. And this is what was being written through the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 2 it says, he said, I wrote. What I wrote was about everything Jesus began to do and teach. That's what Luke was saying in that verse 1. And verse 2 he said, Until the day he was taken up into heaven. Before this, with the help of, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus told, instructed, commanded the apostles he had chosen what they should do. After his death, he showed himself to them and proved, provided undeniable evidence in many ways that he was alive. The apostles saw Jesus during the 40 days after he was raised from the dead and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to stop there to say this. Now, Luke was given an account of what he experienced. He was writing about his experience with Jesus. So as he was writing about this experience with Jesus, he's sharing that with us because he was an eyewitness of everything that Jesus taught, everything that Jesus done. And what I want to say here in the book of Acts, what's happening is Jesus going to be with the father, but Jesus um, was letting us know that these apostles, they first were disciples. Remember I said he had a lot of disciples, but Jesus began to choose 12 12 of them out of all the followers that he had. We may have a lot of followers around us. We may have people filled up in this um, church full of people, but God may not allow me to choose but certain ones for the fivefold. Just because you are a follower of Jesus Christ don't mean that there is a certain position that you think you need to be in that he's going to put you in. Because this is what happened. Jesus, by them, everybody was following him. They were learners of Jesus Christ, but Jesus had to choose 12. 12 means government. So Jesus said, the 12 that I choose, they're going to have to be with me from the beginning, even up to the time that I am um, going to meet the Father. They're going to have to have all these experiences with me. Why? Because these 12 that represent the government of my kingdom and the way things need to be done, he said, they're going to go out and make disciples. Y'all, this is so good. So he had to have those 12 with him. Now let's look at um, Luke 6, 13. When Jesus chose the 12, remember I said he had many disciples, but he had to choose 12 apostles out of those disciples, out of the ones that was following him. Jesus told, chose 12 apostles, Luke 6, 13. And it says, and when it was day, he summons his disciples and selected from them 12 whom he named the apostles, special messengers. So that's what it's saying. He summons his disciples. So it was more than 12, wasn't it? Because if it was just 12 disciples, he didn't have to summons all of his disciples. He summons all those disciples and he chose out of those disciples the 12 that he was going to use to be special messengers. What does that mean? 
What, what does he mean by that? Let's go look at it further in Mark chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. I'm going to say it again for the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. I said it three times. Amplified. And he went up on the hillside and called to him for himself those whom he wanted and chose, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve to continue to be with him, that he might send them out to preach as apostles or special messengers, and to have authority and power to heal the sick, to drive out demons. So Jesus chose these twelve as special messengers. And what that, that mean is, everything that Jesus done, they were right there, those twelve, to watch and learn. Because he was going to use those twelve after he left to carry on what he was doing to lay that foundation which represent him. So those 12, the apostles of the Lamb, those were the 12 that was with him. And this is why people say there are no more apostles. You know, he, he don't have no more apostles. And the reason why they say this is because these first 12 here, they were eyewitnesses. They saw everything that Jesus did. They saw his death, his burial, his resurrection. So they witnessed these things. They say it's not nobody else here on earth that has witnessed this. Well, let me say this. Paul was not with him, but Jesus shared to him what went on when he was here. So Paul ended up writing more books than these apostles wrote. He continued on to do what Jesus wanted to be done. So I'm going to get to that point to let y'all know the church still need an apostle. That's why they call it an apostolic ministry. It's not going to be the apostles of the Lamb because they're gone. But the foundation that Jesus set, he called special messengers that he have prepared to give them that title of that apostle to take that foundation which represents him and to lay that foundation in the church to let them know this is how he want the church ran. Y'all get it? Y'all is so good. Y'all better thank God for my two grandchildren because I had a whole lot of scriptures. But I had to cut them off because the only thing I heard in there was playing. And I said, help me, Jesus, help me because they're coming quick. <laughs> I'm telling you, it got so good, y'all ain't lying. It was so good, I forgot all about y'all. I was just in it for myself. So I had to bring myself on back. I had to bring myself on back and said, wait a minute, Lord, this is so good because each time we do this, he make it better and better and better. He make it so simple that even a child will pick it up and tell you what he said. So this is what Jesus did. Jesus had to get 12. I call them the apostles of the lamb. The 12 that he chose, he said, because when I leave, I want you to carry on everything that I have taught you. Let me back that up with scriptures. So we see that he had to choose those 12 apostles, right? We know that 12 represent government. So those apostles was going to represent and be a witness to everything that Jesus done while he was here on this earth. They were going to um, be a witness for him. Now I'm going to back up a little bit further because I don't want to miss this because in Acts chapter 1, it says that the apostles um, saw Jesus when he went to be with the father. They saw that. But Jesus told them something before he went to be with the Father. Now, those apostles walked with Jesus the whole time he was there on the earth, did they not? Jesus gave them 
the right and the authority while he was with them to heal, deliver, set the captives free. They had that power. They had that authority. He said, heal the sick, you know, um, blind, see, lame, walk, all of this. Jesus said, I'm giving to you right while I'm here with you. But then Jesus knew he was going to go be with the father. So he said, now I'm going to go be with the father. But in order for you to do what I did here on earth, you got to have the power coming from above. You got to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming upon you to be an effectual witness for me here on this earth. He says, so you have to have this. So in Acts 1, he's teaching them about the kingdom for 40 days before he went to be with the Father. So that had to be important. If they walk with him, y'all, for three years, but now before he's leaving, they go 40 more days, he's telling them about kingdom. And I believe what's happening here with the, with the kingdom is they knew about Jesus. They knew about his life. He told them about his death, burial, and resurrection. Did he not talk to them when he walked with them? He, he did explain different things to them, healings, deliverances, and all of that. But now Jesus said, I got to give you some kingdom. I got to let you know about the place that I'm from. I got to let you know about the place that you're going to represent while you're here on, for 40 days. Why was it 40 days? If y'all don't know, you have to take a verse of scripture and you got to meditate on that verse. For at least 21 to up to 40 some days to get it rooted in you. Did you know that? Because it got to change your mindset. Your mindset don't change overnight. We go into head knowledge. This is how y'all remember these tests. It's in your head. But it ain't got in your heart yet. See, if you rush in to take a test, everything is stuck right up here. And you sitting there and pondering and pondering. Say, don't say nothing to me. 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 I want to lose it. I want to get it where I can. But when it's in your heart, the Holy Spirit is going to bring it out of your heart. And so that's why you have to steady meditate on scripture. You can't just overnight something and get it. It may get there overnight, but eventually you're going to lose it. So that's why you have to go into the word of God and keep chewing on it. Keep chewing on it. Keep chewing on it. Why? Because you don't want the enemy to take that seed. You want that seed to take root. So it takes more than just a day for it to take root. You have to constantly go over and over it again throughout the day, throughout the night. You speak in that scripture. You meditating on that scripture. You saying, this is what God is saying to me. So when the enemy come in, that's a lie. That's not what God said. See, we want quick fixes. You may can repeat the word of God, but do you know what the word is saying to you? Anybody can repeat it, but when you know what it's really saying to you, you live it, and nobody don't have to tell you how to live for Christ. Nobody have to tell you to forgive. Nobody have to tell you to repent. You know what to do already because you've been with the Father. You can't even lay down at night and rest without saying, forgive me, Jennifer. I should not have said that. That's not right. Because you're spending time in the word and you know what the word of God is saying. Ain't no man or woman can hate their spouse for 20 some days without and being saved. I never heard of such mess. So this is why we have to have, this is why Jesus spent another 40 days 
Come on, before he even went to go be with God, think about it. Here go them disciples said, wait a minute, Jesus, we done walked with you for three years. Why you want to talk with us again for 40 more days? Evidently, the kingdom was important. And he wanted to give them more dealing with the kingdom. He wanted to make sure if I'm going to leave you down here to be a witness unto me, this is what I want to give you. So they listened dealing with the kingdom for 40 more days. And Jesus said, now you got to be endued with power from on high. He said, because in order to do what I did while I was here on earth, you got to have the power of God to come upon you to heal, to deliver, to set the captives free. So they did all of that. But then I love what Jesus did too, y'all. And this is for us too. I had to put that in there to let everybody know, you cannot go out and be an effectual witness for him without the power from on high. We have churches that's out of order saying you do not need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You do not need to speak in tongues. (laughs) But how are you going to do what Jesus done? Jesus did it. When he came to earth, he had, didn't y'all see what Jesus, when the dove descended, the power of God was upon you. Then his ministry began. His ministry did not begun, began until he had the power come upon him. You got churches saying you don't need that. All that passed away with the apostles. We don't need no more of that, please. The words say you need it, so you need it. But people's putting in people's heads, oh, they are in a cult. They teaching stuff that's opposite to the word. Why? Them false prophets, them false teachers, they ain't what the words say. Ain't no such things as an apostle. If it wasn't, why is it in the word of God? People create their own church, their own way of doing things. So after Jesus was telling them all of this, I'm going to go back to Matthew 28. And this is the great commission, y'all. When Jesus was letting them know about how he was going to send them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus said, then Jesus came to them and said, all power and authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is the head. Everything has been given to him. So now Jesus is getting ready to give that to the apostles. So go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught, commanded you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of this age, the world time. So Jesus was telling those apostles, those special messengers, he said, now, everything that I have taught you, everything that you have learned from me, I want you to go make disciples. I want you to go make followers of Jesus Christ. So what he was saying was the foundation that you have that you got from me, I am the foundation. They were laying that foundation and you cannot put upon that foundation any kind of teaching. Any kind of doctrine, it has to be the way that Jesus wanted it to be. That is why you had the apostles of the Lamb, y'all. They they were eyewitness of Jesus Christ. They saw his death, his burial, his resurrection. They walked with him. They talked with him. They knew everything about him. He said, so I'm going to use you to lay this foundation to teach everybody else to become disciples of men. Isn't that awesome? That's what they had to do because they witnessed him. They were eyewitnesses. I don't think some of us walked with him like that, did we? But they did. So they had to teach others what they had observed from him. It had to be exactly 
the way he taught them. And guess what he said? Now, if you're doing what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you even until the end. So that's why when you see those apostles in Acts 1, that's why it's called the Acts of the Apostles. Because what the apostles was doing, they were bringing to the people, making disciples based on the foundation that they got from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They couldn't do it no other way except the way that he wanted it to be done. And now we look at Ephesians 2.20. Having been built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone, cornerstone or capstone in that building. So when those apostles of the Lamb went out, they laid a foundation. That house was built upon that foundation of the apostles and prophets. Why? Do y'all know the prophets in the Old Testament? They were Um, speaking forth, decreeing and declaring about Jesus Christ. They were telling about his coming. And then those apostles, they were eyewitnesses with him. So by the, the apostles and the prophets working together, they were laying that foundation concerning him, nothing missing, nothing broken. So that was dealing with those 12 apostles of the lamb. Amen. Let me give you this one. First Corinthians three, nine through 11. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 11. We are God's workers, working together, co-workers belonging to God, co-workers in God's service. You are God's farm, field, God's building. Using the gift, the grace God gave me, I laid the foundation of that building like an expert, skilled, wise builder. This is Paul um, talking. So Paul said, I laid the foundation. He said, others are building on that foundation, but all people should be careful how they build on it. The foundation that has already been laid is Jesus Christ, and no one can lay down any other foundation. That means that when, this is why you have to come into a church, which is a body of believers. You have to come and you have to be taught, and he have a way that um, he has orchestrated things in the church for you to get taught to go out and make disciples. It's about making disciples. It's about making learners of Christ. Now, I want to say this, dealing with those apostles, being that people say there's no more apostles, there are, because we know in Ephesians 4.11, before Jesus went, he left the fivefold. Jesus is not going to leave this earth without setting up his structure, his way of doing things. Now, when it comes to apostle, y'all remember I used my hand. It's five fingers on my hand. The apostle is the thumb. Why? Because the apostle can touch every last one. The prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. The apostle can touch every last one because that apostle is the one that laid the foundation to make sure everything in the church is carried out the way Jesus wanted to be carried out. Then you have that prophet. You see that prophet and that apostle work closely together. Remember in Ephesians, it said that they the one that laid the foundation, right? The the prophet is going to make sure, being that that foundation is laid, that that vision is um, going forth the way that God had given it to that apostle. 
the one that has laid the foundation is building a house without a foundation. What's going to happen to that house? That house is not going to last, is it? So it has to have a foundation in the body of Christ. Understand this. God is the one. Jesus is the one that choose whom he want in the church. The fivefold. It is not man. I want you to understand this. He uses man. I'll give you an example with me. With the call of apostle, he told me, I have called you to be an apostle. I shared it with no one. I heard from him. So if I heard from him, I don't have to go in every church and say, I am an apostle. He called me to be an apostle. That's who I am. You respect me for who I am. No, you don't have to do all that. I am a prophet. I am an evangelist. I know who I am. If you know who you are, hush. You don't have to tell everybody all that. That's just a lot of noise. The reason why you keep saying that is because you probably ain't sure who you are. You don't have to tell people who you are. Because the life that you live, when you let your light shine, the way you carry yourself, they're going to know who you are. So I didn't tell nobody. I just left that alone. And y'all remember that that little lady that come here um, for our uh appreciation apostle snow that little lady i never knew that lady um when i first met her this lady which is a beautician she said um pastor amanda i have somebody i want you to meet i said okay she said this is apostle snow this was way years ago and i said hey how are you doing all of a sudden the lord said get her to do your uh, pastor's appreciation i think this was about 10 15 years ago i just heard the lord i said okay no problem didn't know the woman from Adams, but there was a connection somewhere with that little woman. So when I let her come in here and do it, and I do have the um, DVD, I was sitting over there, and she looked at me, and she said, God say you are an apostle. And I just sat there and ignored her because uh, I wasn't about to tell nobody nothing because that was just between me and God. So as I sat there, God said, Mm-mm-mm, I want you to stand up now, and I want you to take what I have given you. See, people bring confirmation to what God has given you. If you have not heard from God dealing with these calls, put it on the shelf. Wait on your ministry. Don't let nobody talk you into a place and you ain't even in your word. You don't even spend time with God. People calling people all these type names and you never see them in the word. Just put it on the shelf. I don't want nobody teaching me that can't even teach themselves. They can't even spend time with God. I don't want nobody telling me nothing and I never see them doing nothing for God. Don't see them come to church. Don't see them help nobody. Come on. If God got a call on your life, even as a pastor, you're going to have compassion on God's people. You're going to be able to rebuke them too. You're not just going to love on them. You're going to take that. What is that thing? Rod. And you see them doing something. You're going to take it and pull them back in and say, wait a minute. See, you got to know Your place in the body, you got to know your place because Jesus is the one that chose these apostles. It was nothing I chose. He chose me. So if he chose me, man can't throw me out of nothing that he put me in. It's too many people being put in place by people. They vote them in. How can you vote out a pastor? If God, if God put him in there, why do you have a right to vote him out? And you ain't even in your word and you drinking every day. You come in here drunk and say, send him on out. No pay. 
and can't even hold your eyes open. And the congregation, I'm in agreement, and people ain't even saved. This is stuff we're going to talk about. Or you don't like what they're preaching because it's getting down and dirty in your business and you don't want people to know what's going on with you and you in the seat. They need to hush. Vote them out. Vote them out. That's my business. Nobody call your name. (laughs) Oh, y'all, we're going to go through this real good this time. That's why people get mad. And we're going to go through this, and I'm stopping right there with the apostle, but we're going to go through this here. People got bishops, and they got pastors, and they got elders. All three of them is the same name. All three of them is the same name. People use bishop because they want to say, that's the overseer of all these churches. The only overseer is God. That's it. It's the same name, pastor, bishop, and overseer. Just call them pastor. Or if you want to call them bishop, they're still a pastor. If you want to call them elder, they're still a pastor. Just do it. Whatever you call them, you can call them between them three names. If they want to be called bishop, hey, bishop. They want to be called pastor, hey, pastor. They want to be called elder, hey, elder. But which one you want to be? Make up your mind because you're confusing the people. One day you're a bishop, next day you're a pastor, next day you're elder. Just call it out. What you want to be? You want to look at the most important one. I want to be bishop. Well, you still pastor and elder, but if that's what you want to be, bishop. As long as bishop is lining up with what was laid, bishop. So these are the things that we're going to talk about because we want to make sure that we're lining up Miracle Temple. The way God want to do things. All of us are part of the body of Christ. We don't have nobody ruling over nobody. We take our place in the body of Christ and we carry out what he want us to do. We make up that one body. If the hand is broken, we're going to fix that hand, right? But if that hand want to stay broken and want to do stuff ain't got no business doing, then we want to follow what he said that that hand will not be doing in the body of Christ. Amen? That hand ain't going to keep touching something he don't supposed to be touching and then come back and contaminate the body of Christ and then the rest of the body of Christ says something ain't right. That hand ain't operating right. We want to make sure by giving that hand what the word of God says so that hand can come back into alignment so that I can see the way it needs to see. We're one body. We make up one body. That's the body of Christ. He's the head of the body. And we want to make sure that we're doing it the way he would have it to uh, us to do it. So now that the apostles are gone, God have the apostolic and ministry, the ones that he have called in that position as an apostle to make sure the foundation is laid the right way that it need to be laid. He got to have a CEO, which is Jesus. Jesus is that chief executive officer, but he got to have some people under him to carry out his orders. Amen. And we have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So we want to do it his way. We don't do it his way. We won't do it no other way. Because there's no other way that would work in the church except his way. So that's what we want to learn, his way. Amen? We will continue next week. Did you get enough? To God be the glory. Amen. Do we have any announcements before we close? Any announcements?